0: And when you say cicada, we say Rebecca, cicada, Rebecca, cicada, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. How are you?
1: Hello, John. I'm doing really well. I'm very excited about the confluence of two cicada broods catching out at the same time this year. It's going to be epic.
0: (laughs) If you don't know, you should. Rebecca is the Director of Research at uh, Landmark Pest Management. And I've mentioned on the air a couple of times that I saw uh, headlines uh, about this that uh, used the word billions and used the word hordes. And the last time what we're about to experience, the last time it happened, it was in 1803. What is going on?
1: So there are 17-year cicadas and 13-year cicadas, and two of their broods are overlapping this year, 2024. They're going to emerge in mid-May or June. They stick around about six to eight weeks, and this is an event that only happens in terms of two broods overlapping for this big of an emergence every 221 years. So the last time this happened, Uh, That year, 1803, Ohio was uh, made the 17th state, and Thomas Jefferson was president. And just a year later, uh, Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr had their famous duel. So we're talking about a really long time ago.
0: I guess so. What? I mean, I understand that it's unique in the sense that the two broods are coming out, so to speak, at the same time. But... Are we really? Yeah. We're, we're talking billions. I mean, this is going to be far billions. more... So just we're to give be you an far idea, more, imagine... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so you're standing in the forest, John, it, in the deciduous yes. forest, let's uh-huh. say along the Desplaines River. You're in All Park Ridge, okay? Right. And you look down and there's a square meter of soil under your feet. Uh-huh. So in that square meter of feet of of soil there could be up to 300 emergence holes each the size of your thumb. So 300 cicadas can emerge from each square meter of soil, and that equates to 1.5 million cicadas per acre. So when scientists say that we can expect billions, they are not kidding.
0: So let me get this right. There's little holes in the ground that the cicada will come through to enter our environment. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes. That's right, because I mean, they're, they during their lifespan, yeah. when they spend the 13 to 17 years underground, they're deriving nutrients from the tree yeah. roots. So when they emerge, they're only there for one purpose. They're only emerging for one part of their life cycle. Can you guess what that purpose is, John? Yeah,
0: um, of course. They want to mate. Yes. They want to mate.
1: Exactly. Oh, everybody. Exactly. So exactly. that's their time to reproduce. <laughs> So, So what happens is the males scream uh, in cicada. They scream sex from the trees. (laughs) And the females flap their wings to indicate their receptiveness, as if to say, hey, Saller. And then those two cicadas get together um, and have a special hug. And then the female lays eggs. But the way that she does it is she has a little serrated blade on her ovipositor. This is a very tiny implement that they that the females have. And they do a little tiny saw into the bark. People are being, you know, a bit um paranoid about what it's going to do to the trees it's not going to do anything to the trees the cicadas and the trees evolve together you don't need to worry about the trees so when the females use their little ovipositor to saw they deposit the eggs about 14 days later the eggs tumble to the ground the little tiny barely visible nymphs burrow into the soil where they will derive some nutrients from the tree roots for the next 13 to 17 years until the next emergence and that's the life cycle.
0: They grow underground, I'm guessing.
1: They do. Yes, they do. They go from being little wispy nymphs to being, you know, about the size of your thumb. And then they come out, they're in a shell, so when you see the cicada shells, you know, adhering to the tree with a little split in the back, that's because that shell opened um, and the cicada emerged and dried its wings. It emerged in its, you know, reproductive phase, its adult phase, the way that, you know, we recognize them mm-hmm. with wings. And then it flies up into the trees, and uh, the males begin singing.
0: You know, I have, uh, as I alluded to earlier, some articles uh, that caught my attention with the use of their verbiage. Um, Hordes of thunderous, harmless cicadas are coming. It's normal to feel a little dread. (laughs) What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think anyone who plans a backyard wedding between, you know, May and July and plans to hear each other or have their guests hear them or make a videotape of that wedding, yeah, they should be feeling a lot of dread. But I think the rest of us should feel, you know, gratitude and fascination. They're really cool, and we're really lucky that the environment is, you know, healthy enough to support them. Uh, it's, it's a good indicator, and it's very important for birds and for wildlife to have this boon to their food source. We're going to end up with our environment being healthier following this event than we are going into it, because it's such a great food source for birds and other wildlife. Putting
0: cicadas into perspective, when we come back on 720 WGN, I was uh, Rebecca Fife is with us. We're talking about uh, the hordes of cicadas that are coming our way this spring, and I went looking for Horror movies about cicadas. Uh, At least in my brief research, I didn't find any. I thought there would be.
1: Well, the closest thing I can think of uh, when it comes to horror movies is... There's a show called The Last of Us about a cordyceps fungus that can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You saw it. Yeah. So it was on HBO and it's really popular. And the premise is that a fungus can infect humans and take over their brain and turn them into zombies. Right. Luckily, our. But yeah, luckily our body temperatures are too warm for that to happen. But uh, Cordyceps fungus does infect cicadas. So one of the really cool things that scientists are going to be looking at during this uh, huge emergence is there is a fungal pathogen of cicadas called uh, Mesospora cicadina, and the way that it works is... A male that is infected with the fungus, is colonized with the fungus, will call out um, and uh, or he will uh, hear the call of another male and where the females will flutter their wings to indicate receptivity he will flutter his wings, mimicking a female to attract other males to him. So then when they bump into them, he spreads this spore to them, and this actually does take over the cicada. It, it replaces its whole uh, abdomen with a plug of fungal spores, Whoa. and then that cicada goes and bumps into another one. And So there really are you know, zombie fungus <laughs> cicadas.
0: What is the end of that? I mean, where does that all lead?
1: Well, I mean, entomopathic or entoma, you entomophilic know, fungi um, that prey on uh, insect species, mm-hmm. uh, this is how they reproduce. And, you know, a certain amount of the cicadas are controlled by this fungus, and it's just part of, you know, the natural cycle of life. So those cicada have a limited lifespan uh, they may you know live to breed before yeah. they succumb to the fungus so it doesn't necessarily um, you know reduce their ability to have offspring uh, but it it um, takes them over so it's just really interesting that not only do birds and wildlife you know use cicadas as a source but they have mm. this Bungi that's also co-evolved right. with them. So there's just so much for um, us nerds uh, in the scientific <laughs> community to study about cicadas. So we're really excited, but not everyone is excited. Yeah. We've already gotten our first call.
0: Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yeah. I think something's coming. Wait a minute. Yeah, there it is. Just a little cicada noise. I'm sorry. A, a cicada came into the <laughs> studio early on its way to a hole in the ground, um, which I think nice. is right over there. Um so you were saying, I'm sorry, Rebecca, you were saying what? Well,
1: that's quite all right. So um we got our first call at landmark pest management from a potential client who was really concerned and wanted to know what they could do to prevent um, cicadas from being in their yard. They really don't want it to happen. So they wanted to know if maybe we could come out and apply a pesticide that has a repellent effect or, you know, wait until they get there and then come out and apply a pesticide. So I was able to get on the phone with this caller and let them know that no one should apply a pesticide when it comes to cicadas that the only you know economic concern um, or the only way they could be remotely harmful is if you have uh, orchard seedlings, little baby fruit trees, then the only thing that you do is put some netting over those to protect them. Under no circumstances would anyone apply a pesticide for cicadas. So if someone lives in an area where these get really outrageous and you have to actually walk through a couple inches of them, oh my- and we're going to get out our snow shovels, right, what? in May, June, and July. You're kidding. And we're going to shovel the cicadas, but no one no one needs a pesticide. No one needs a pest control company for cicadas so um you know if you're lucky enough to live where they're uh, really really emerging you know 300 per square meter uh-huh. then uh, you might need to shovel the cicadas
0: shoveling or, cicadas yes. shoveling
1: them. shoveling and cicadas shoveling there are yeah.
0: that many cicadas that you can use a shovel
1: in some areas yes you will be shoveling cicadas in some areas oh my god
0: <laughs> what yeah, I had a, a couple callers, Rebecca, just call over the the course of the
1: segment and ask shovel. Is there
0: a way that they can maybe if they live near a wooded area, is there a way that they can get some sort of repellent to maybe keep them off their porch or
1: something along those lines? No, there's nothing. You would just physically <laughs> good answer. Them. Good answer. You can, you can do that with your shop vac. Okay. or You can do that oh with my. a snow shovel. Well, good to know.
0: Thanks Rebecca. yeah, shoveling cicadas, shop vacuuming the uh, cicadas. Wow! And this is like, this is like the uh, Super Bowl for you. This is cicada Super Bowl, isn't it, Rebecca?
1: I love it, John. I'm <laughs> going to host a gourmet dinner, and uh, I don't trust that you'll come, but I'm going to invite you. I'm going to partner up with some chef friends and host a cicada dinner at my home, where uh, we are going to make various menu items out of cicadas because they're edible and they're rumored to be quite delicious. So, Rumored. Uh, should you like to join us Rumored. for cicada Rumored to be a cicada dinner? Yeah.
0: Uh, a cicada dinner.
1: Yes. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, they eat chapulines, the grasshoppers yeah, in Mexico, okay. and those are really good. If you you know, know. I,
0: I haven't tried them, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Man, this sounds more incredible with each sentence that you... Each fact that you bring out, I mean, it's going to take me a while to get over the idea that I may need to shovel cicadas or use a a track vac. Cicadas in the half shell? Hmm? Yeah. Cicada souffle? (laughs) Just kidding. I'm only kidding. Of course you are. So, uh, Rebecca, if people want to get a hold of you um, and use your expertise for their well-being, what can they do?
1: we're on the web at LandmarkPest.com. that's LandmarkPest.com. um or we can be reached by calling uh 187 I'm sorry wait it's uh 7736147378 that's 6147378 with uh, with a 773 area code
0: now uh, Brandon told me that uh, you know I'm in the studio and that uh You would love to come into the studio tonight, but uh, you were otherwise occupied doing what?
1: I was waiting for a delivery of live insects because I have an insect zoo, and an entomologist in Arizona was shipping death feigning beetles to me that, um, you know, once you touch them, they flop over and put their legs up in the air and play dead for an hour, so they're really fun for kids. So I take them out and show them to children's groups, but while wow. I was waiting for my death beetles to arrive, yes. my Madagascar hissing cockroach had a brood, so she gave birth to 60 nymphs. So you're an uncle, John, and we're going to need 60 pairs of little booties knitted stat.
0: Cockroaches, right? Is yes. that what you're saying? Cockroaches.
1: Not just any cockroach. I didn't, are- I didn't
0: realize Mother Nature could be so inventive, entertaining. Yeah, in her own interesting way. Yeah. What's that little thing? You tickle it and it rolls over and plays dead. What was that again?
1: It's a death-fanning beetle.
0: A death-fanning beetle. Okay. Uh, and and John, they just and they-, they just roll over and then they come back and it's like nothing ever happened.
1: Yes, but they're very convincing. I worry every time they might actually be dead. But then an hour later, they're always walking around again. But they're they're little drama queens. They play dead when you touch them. <laughs> is, is that a self-defense yeah. mechanism
0: it of is. some yes, sort?
1: That's their only defense mechanism. You know, they don't bite. They don't sting. They just flop over and put their legs in the air like they're dead for about an hour.
0: You know what, Rebecca? You're the Tom Skilling of the bug world. Is what, <laughs> Thank you, John. Is what you really are. I mean... You are so into it, and your knowledge is incredible. Is there anything else other than shoveling cicadas uh, that we should be aware of? A n- yes, non-
1: well, yeah, the mice are full steam ahead. We're uh, receiving so many mouse calls right now, so it's a nice opportunity for people to, um, you know, because the foliage is a little bit died back in the wintertime, so mm-hmm. you can actually inspect the perimeter of your home better. So we're taking this opportunity to inspect a lot of houses, look for gaps that are a quarter inch or greater to see where mice are entering so that we can seal those holes um, to help alleviate people's mouth problems. So What's... when the foliage is gone from the bushes, it's a nice chance to, to get ahead on that.
0: What's the bigger problem, right? A mice or rats?
1: It depends where you live. So most of the suburban areas don't have rats yet. The suburbs bordering the city certainly do, like Oak Park, um, Evanston, uh, Skokie. Uh, They even made it out to Des Plaines at this point, certainly Rosemont. Um, But, you know, much east of there, it's not as much of a problem. Uh, I'm sorry, much west of there, it's not Mm -hmm. as much of a problem, but in the city, rats are definitely a problem, especially when they emerge from, you know, breaks and sewer pipes and come through the slab or the foundation wall. We actually have a special team that um, is experienced at determining how rats are entering and sealing them out. And we have tricks like, you know, rats can actually swim through wet cement. So we get a lot of calls from people who say... Excuse me? Wow. Yeah, they can swim through wet cement. I've seen it with my own eyes. So we get calls from people saying, you know, I poured cement where, you know, the rats were coming through my slab and they came right through it. What can you do? Well, we know that we have to layer expanded steel with the wet cement when we put it in Mm -hmm. Or else yeah. before the cement is dry, the rats can literally swim through it and breach that.
0: Real quick, uh, we've got like 30 seconds, but 630 text line, uh, are cicadas harmful to dogs if dogs eat them?
1: They're not. So they're Good totally you go. non-toxic. There you However, go. just like a dog could choke on anything, mm-hmm. they can get a little catchy, you know, in the mouth or throat if the dog eats too many of them.
0: All right. Well, this has been quite the conversation. Uh Rebecca, you know, we'll stay in touch. Thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks, John. I hope you'll come to my cicada dinner. (laughs) Okay, thank you.